lifted hearts. Oh, you're so worthy, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness, for your mercy. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Amen. We're so thankful that you are here tonight. And what a what a wonderful presence of the Lord in here. Good spirit, good prayer. And um, we are thankful that the Lord is here. Of course, this is his house. We are the guests. He is, he is the one that inhabits this place. And what a great, what a great anointing that we feel. A couple of quick announcements before we dismiss our uh, kids' classes. Number one, uh, don't forget that tomorrow night at Hope um, Ministries in Louisville, they are having, um, it's for the youth, what, what is it called, Pastor Jackson? Yeah, Youth and Young Adult Revival, and I believe they will have some from the Kentucky District there, and um, Brother Marcus Baptiste from Florida will be preaching in that service. I expect a packed house. It's going to be very powerful, and I'm looking forward to being there myself, and um, we hope that all the youth and young adults for sure will join, and uh, if there's room for the rest of you, I encourage you to uh, come. I'm sure there will be, and um, we'll just pack it out and have a, have a very, very powerful time in the Lord, and then Sunday, right here and all of our campuses is our Pack the House Sunday and uh, these are going to be some powerful services we're having all day long. And Sunday night, we have a little something special planned. Please don't miss that, but definitely don't miss Sunday morning. We just want a packed house in every service at every campus. Um, and I know it's going to be a great time. Bring somebody with you. Don't come alone. But the main thing is for you to be here. And we want everybody connected to greater faith to be a part of that. Just a couple of updates. We are thankful we do have the ceiling metal in for the canopy. They are trying to um, find a date to install that because they have laborers now that have COVID and are unable, allegedly, to work. And, uh, you know, everybody's using that as an excuse today. But uh, And then the metal they're working on in closing uh, the dumpster out there. Some of you have seen the metal for that is in and the same thing applies to that with the labor we did get an answer on the hood today and i'm thankful for that so we're uh, getting our tax exemption stuff in and we'll be ordering the hood tomorrow we'll be ordering the cabinets tomorrow for the kitchen and we're moving forward that i did talk to the greater clark county school um district um attorney and the window for the charter school did lapse with no inquiries so we're thankful for that And the appraisal on that building has been ordered, and they're expecting that back in three to four weeks, which who knows what time that means, but that's what they're saying. And I, um, the school attorney was very candid with me, and she assured me that they would be calling us as soon as the appraisal comes back, and they're under the assumption that they are doing business with us, and we will see, we will see how that goes. And not coincidentally... Uh, we've got the sale of this building uh, that's happening here pretty quick. 
and it will all happen. I, I'm believing. I'm believing we're going to end up with that, and it will all happen uh, right around the same time frame, and I'm thankful for the timing of the Lord. Now, we can't swear by that. We'll have to see what the appraisal is. You've got two or three people that think they ought to get just millions and millions and millions of dollars for that building, um, but most everybody else wants it to go to a good cause for somebody that has a plan for the building, and I believe that's us, and apparently somebody does too because um, they are um, assuring us that they are going to make that connection with us. So continue to pray, and let me say this about our prayer chain. Um, we are going to move to where we do Thursday nights. We're going to restart that at 9 a.m. like we do on Mondays. So Mondays and Thursdays will be a restart at 9 a.m. If you want to come for your normal time um, before that, that's up to you. Um, but these early morning hours and late night hours are tough on some of our crew. And, um, and so, you know, it ends at noon on Thursday to pick back up at 9 a.m. on Friday, and then it ends again at noon on Saturday. So thank you for your faithfulness and your diligence in that. Amen. We're going to dismiss our kids and our teachers and everybody else just turn around and wave at somebody, greet somebody, tell them you're glad to see them in the house of the Lord tonight. seated. Some of you sound like you're in a good mood. I pray that's the case. And thank you for coming on such an icy, snowy day. Um, it's just treacherous out there with all the dry asphalt. But uh, they missed it somehow. Anyway, thank the Lord for that. I want to I wanna read from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I'll begin reading with verse 12. I'm not going to read this all the way through as a text tonight, but I'm going to, I'm going to walk through this. Now, uh, un understand that this is a passage of Scripture that gets quoted by a lot of people, and it gets quoted in a lot of sermons and lessons, and I believe that we, we fully understand the concept of it I believe that we we know what the word of God says about this I just think that we still need quite a bit of help putting this into practice getting it from the pages of the word into practice um, that that is a lengthy process and most times it takes years and years to accomplish in individual lives and as a whole, as the church, as the church body. And there's a reason why I'm teaching this tonight. Um, and the reason is because in 2022, um, we have set ourselves on a course to be intentional 
about putting this into practice. Um, by fleshing this out all throughout the year and by working on this and reworking and reworking it again so that we can become what God wants us to be and go to the next level, next level of growth and spiritual maturity and unity. And so let's talk about it a little bit tonight, okay? Verse 12, For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. Now I want you to notice how it says that last part of that statement. So also is Christ. Now he's talking about the body of Christ, but he just narrows down the scope of it, and he and he says Christ. He he's talking about us. This is the way that Christ was, and this is the way that Christ is supposed to be. We represent Christ by being many members and one body. Got that? Many members and one body. So there is a connectivity to it. And as many of you have read before, we're going to see the specifics of that here in just a moment. Um, but this is so important to us going where we're supposed to go. We cannot get beyond where we are right now without putting this into practice. And that means that everybody has to cooperate in order to put this into practice. Do you believe that? He said, for by one spirit, everybody say the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. That is the spirit of God. Amen. It's the spirit of the Father. Amen. It's the spirit of the Father that filled Christ, that fills us in the form of the Holy Ghost for the purpose of regeneration. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. Now, are you not part of the body of Christ just because you profess Christianity? There is an initiation into the body of Christ. You don't join the body of Christ. You are born into the body of Christ. Jesus, of course, talked about it in John 3 and 5 when he said, Except a man be born again of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot, everybody say cannot, cannot. he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Now I'm going to talk to you tonight about kingdom placement. Kingdom placement. Unless you're born again of the water, and of the Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. So this is what Paul was talking about when he said, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one, uh, one body. Now there is Spirit baptism and there is water baptism. We get Christ in us through Spirit baptism. We get in Christ through water baptism. It's one body. Now, he said this, this is whether we're Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free and have been all made to drink into one spirit. The spirit of the Lord in the scripture is tied many times to, to water. And it's also tied to wine. He said, uh, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the spirit. So the comparison is the, the joy and the elation and that 
that free spirited carelessness and, and not worrying about anything that one in the world would get from uh, a drunkenness or perhaps the intoxication of wine. He said, that's not necessary if you're filled with the spirit. For the body is not one member, but it's many. Now, look at your neighbor and don't be mean when you say this. And don't raise your voice and don't point your finger. And just say this really, really nice and say, it's not all about you. <laughs> Some of y'all are having too much fun with that. The body is not one member. It doesn't revolve around everybody. You've heard me talk about the one great philosophy that I have pastored uh, with for years, and the philosophy is no one is as important as everyone. So the body is not one member but many. Now, if the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Now, um, when I read this verse of Scripture, and, and I don't think I'm misinterpreting this, but I think in modern terms, when you read this, this verse, it's almost like, well, it, well if, I can't, <laughs> if I can't be the hand, I'm just not going to be anything. That's kind of what it sounds like to me. But the second meaning is, and probably the primary meaning is, the foot as, is as important as the hand in the body. Now, they function differently. Now, I've seen some people play the guitar with their feet, but it's rare because the hand functions different. And I've seen some people walk on their hands and run pretty fast on their hands or whatever, but that's not the norm. That's not the way that we were built to function. And so the feet and the hand have two completely different purposes, but neither one of them are more important to the other. And then he goes on to say, and if the ears shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing, and if the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? So we have to be able to hear, and we have to be able to smell sometimes, and we have to be able to see. We have to be able to see. We have to have vision. We have to hear the word of the Lord. Amen. And we have to, we have to understand the direction that the Lord is taking us. So we look at this peculiar anatomy that God has given us and and we learn a lot from that. Now, I know this is this is really basic. This is a basic understanding here tonight, but it is so basic that people do not put it into practice. Now, I don't know if you've noticed. I want you to just kind of put your hand out in front of you where you can see your hand. I don't know I don't know if there's anybody in here that your hand is just floating in midair. Like there's no connection from here to here. Anybody's hand? If somebody next to you's hand is floating in midair, scream as loud as you can. There's a connection. There has to be a connection. There is a limb that connects that. 
So that not just the hand is important, but, but the arm is important. And the different parts of the arm is important. And every ligament and every tendon is important. The muscles are important. Every muscle is not the same. Every ligament is not the same. Every tendon is not the same. The blood vessels and the arteries in your body that carry the blood to and from the heart, those are very important. You cannot live without them, but you cannot see the blood vessels. You cannot see the internal organs. Your liver is extremely important. If your kidneys aren't functioning, they cannot eliminate things from the body. And so they have to put you on dialysis or they have to give you a transplant. But you cannot see the kidneys. But they are as important as the parts of your body that can be seen. And so these are some of the illustrations that we learn just by studying the anatomy of the human body. Now, God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. God robed himself in flesh. Amen. He put on flesh. And the Bible said that all the fullness of the Godhead was in him bodily. Now, that has not changed with the body of Christ. There is one body of Christ here on earth and the fullness of God's power and authority is within the body. But only if the body is joined together and compacted. Only if the body is in unity. Only if everybody in the body is in their place. I'm talking about kingdom Placement here tonight. And I know y'all have got all this figured out. You're way down the road. But we have to be intentional about putting this into practice. Now, I had a conversation with someone this week. I'll uh, refrain from using their name at this moment. That'll come in time. But um, we were talking about some of these, some of these very things, and we were talking about personality tests that are that are out there, and it's very it's very easy, you know, psychology, uh, they, they do these studies and they bring hundreds or thousands of people in they, and they give them interviews and they ask them questions about their propensities and their weaknesses and their strengths and they study them and they, they map all this out and then they, they find these different personality types that have the same answers to the, the, the questions that they're giving them and they, they come out with certain personality types. Are you with me tonight? And so some of them have four different personality types and some have nine and some have 16 and whatever. It, it doesn't matter. It, it just that we're really not as different as we think. There's not really that many different personalities in the world. But as much as people get on our nerves at times, if they are part of the body of Christ, they are as important as you are. It doesn't matter how much they get on your nerves. It doesn't, matter, it doesn't matter how small you think or how insignificant that you think they are in the body. And we'll talk about that here in just a moment. But, but the visionary is, is not the same as the operations guy. He's, he's not the same as the organizer, the planner. The planner doesn't have vision. The planner takes the vision of, uh, the, vision of the visionary and he maps it out and he plans it. And then there are caretakers. There are people, there are people that are not happy Unless, and I don't mean that in a negative way, I mean that in a positive way, 
There are people that are not happy unless they are nurturing someone. They're taking care of them. Maybe they're taking care of someone that's feeble. They're taking care of an aged parent. They're taking care of someone in a nursing home. They're taking care of a small child. They're adopting a baby. They're, they, are, they are ministering to someone. They're a big brother to somebody out there in the community, a big sister to somebody. That is a, that is a nurturing. That is a nurturing personality. And some of you sitting out there uh, tonight, you, you, you are, I mean, people just, they talk about your bleeding heart and they talk about how compassionate you are and they talk about how concerned that you are about other people and you make some of the people on the other personality scales uh, feel like dirt bags because they feel like looking at how you care about people, they don't care about anybody. But the reason is because they might be a visionary and they've got their head in the clouds and they're looking 10 years down the road and they're, they're, looking, they're looking at this and that. And they're seeing things that other people don't see because they're looking at a higher level above people's heads while the nurturer is right down where people live. There's a difference between an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, pastor, and teacher. It's ridiculous people trying to figure out if there's apostles and prophets uh, today. Of course they are because it is the hand of God. It's the five gifts God gave to the church for the perfecting of the body of Christ, for the edification of the body of Christ until we all come into the knowledge of God, into a perfect man, a just man, unto the measure of the fullness of the stature of Christ, right? It's, it's foolish to try to figure out if there's still, five, there's still a five-fold ministry. Of course there is. Just like there's multiple personalities. Hopefully not the same person. That's a disorder. I really didn't mean that to be a joke, but that's a serious condition, and the Lord can set you free if you have multiple personalities. To me, it's demon possession. It's, and the Lord can set you free. Now, here's what I want you to pay attention to in verse 18. Paul said, but now hath God. Everybody say God. God. Set the members. God hath set the members. That's for everybody that thinks that you accidentally wound up in church. That you just wandered your way into the body of Christ. That you just stumbled on the new birth and it just, you know, look how lucky I am. No, God picked you up out of the world, out of the miry clay, and he set you in the body of Christ. Now, if he set you there, he did not set you there to be a bench warmer. He set you there for a person, because uh, for a purpose, because he said, I need this gifting, I need this personality, I need their heart, or I need their mind, or I need their eyes, I need their ears, I need them in the body, and I need them there right now. Amen. Is that okay? He said, he has set the members, every one of them. Everybody said, it means me. Turn to your neighbor and say, that means you. Now, you can say that a little more forceful. That means you. Every one of them, that's for everybody that says, I don't feel important enough. I don't feel like I'm a part. I don't, I don't feel like I belong. I, every one of them he has set in the body as it hath pleased him. So when he set you here, you put a big smile on his face. You're, you're not here by accident. Now, the tragic thing about that is people don't realize that, and so... 
they let their relationship with the Lord grow stale and they fall away from the Lord and then all of a sudden they get purged from the body. There are things that get purged from the body all the time. That's a dangerous place to be. There's a reason why you sweat. Okay? There's a reason why there are bathrooms. Thank the Lord. Praise his holy name. There, there's a reason because there are things that have to exit the body. I'm not trying to be gross. And there's a reason sometimes why you get nauseated and you puke your guts up. There's something in there that has to come out. Amen. So don't get purged from the body. You've been, you've been set here for a reason. You've been set here for a reason. Now, the Bible said uh, in verse 19, and if they were all one member, where were the body? Wouldn't this be a boring place if we all had the exact same personality? We wouldn't have anybody to get on our nerves. I mean, we wouldn't have anybody to test our patience, test our mettle, nothing. We wouldn't have anybody to gossip about. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's trying to figure out, uh, like, how do I respond to that? So it's, oh, okay. It's not one member. Amen. It doesn't revolve around one person. It doesn't revolve around me. I'm the overseer of the house. The church does not revolve around me. But now, are y'all here tonight? But now are they many members, many members, not just here in this building, but all over the world, all over the world. But this building is a microcosm of the whole body of Christ. We are the body of Christ in here, and we are a microcosm of the global body of Christ. And the body must be connected. You cannot be some appendage out there in, in the middle of nowhere. When you put your hand out, you don't have a hand floating in midair. Well, how come you don't ever go to church? Well, I live for God on my own. That's not Bible. You can't do that. Well, I got my own relationship with God. That's right. And if you do, your personal relationship with God will take you into the corporate relationship with the body. You cannot go to heaven by yourself. Guess what? There's no closets for loners in heaven. Now, the reason most people don't go to church and they claim, well, I go, you know, I do this all by myself or whatever, is because they can't get along with anybody. And no preacher's good enough for them. And no church is good enough for them. Amen. Is that Okay. So he said, if it were all one, one member, where were the body? But now are they many members yet but one body? And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of thee. Be careful who you tell that you don't need. Because God, I've seen, will help you to get in a situation to where you realize Oh, I need this person in my life. They absolutely get on my nerves. They absolutely drive me crazy. I had one nerve left, and they were jumping on top of it like a trampoline and snapped it. And I thought I didn't need them, but now all of a sudden I need them because he's working to keep the body connected. He's going to work to keep the body 
connected. Nor again to the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. Did you hear that? The members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. Now listen what it tells us to do with that. Those members of the body which we think to be less honorable. Upon these we bestow more abundant honor. Now we don't, that doesn't mean that you, you pick the worst person in the church and bring up on the platform and give them 15 trophy, trophies and, and 47 gift cards and pat them on the back and say, you know, good job for being a dirt bag. That's not what that means. That, what that means is, that's terrible, isn't it? What that, what that means is, what that means is, you're part of us. And if you're struggling, I'm struggling. And we don't want the body to struggle. So I'm going to pray for you. You might drive me crazy. I'm not saying this. I'm just saying that some of y'all might say this. But you might drive me crazy with your needs and always needing something and always something's always broken and something's always this and something's always wrong and they're always this and whatever. But I'm still going to pray for you and I'm going to encourage you and I'm going to keep telling you that things are going to get better. Amen. Because that is part of the body of Christ. There's a reason why they're still here. Amen. Now, I have said this before, and I'm, I'm sure that many of you think that I'm a robot out there, and my wife is a robot, and we never have bad days, and we never have disappointments, and we never, uh, we never, our emotions never take a dip, and we never get disappointing news, but that's not the case. You're looking at a real human being up here, and I know you know that, but I want you to know that I know that you know that. It's important. We are real human beings, and there's times that we go through seasons when sickness is ravaging our community, when people are getting laid off their jobs, when people are struggling in their homes, and sometimes it gets a little weighty, and I walk in here thinking, man, if I can just say something positive tonight, and somewhere between the car and the front door, I remember what I'm here for, but when I come in here, there's people's faith that I tap into. You know, I don't know if you know this or not, but, but if you're not a responsive person, the, the preacher has a hard time noticing you because he likes to feed off of the people that are sitting on the edge of their seat whose eyes light up and the word of God begins to be preached. You know, the head nods and the amens and the hand clapping and the run of the dump, jumping and the dancing or whatever because faith is contagious. Amen. So when people come in here, now this is a mistake. We've all made this mistake in the past. I know y'all hadn't, but I have and they have or whatever. But we've made this mistake in the past. You know, when somebody comes in and they got a scowl on their face and they're just, you know, they're just, man, like a dragon coming in, breathing fire and just get out of my way and I've just had the worst day or whatever. And somebody's running through the church saying, don't go talk to them, man. They've had a rough time. Get away, get away, clear the path. No, 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 that's the time. When four or five need to walk up and say, hey, I don't know, I don't know what you're going through, but it's going to be all right. We've got your back. You're part of us. Whatever you're fighting, we're going to fight it together. Whatever you're warring against, we're going to war against it together. It's going to be all right. God is going to take care of it because faith is contagious. 
Faith is contagious and negativity is a cancer. Amen. So we got to squash negativity. How many have been negative before? Every hand better go up. I'm going to call you out. Okay. How many of you, just be honest, how many of you feel yourself being negative more times than you want to be negative at times? Yeah. Because we're human beings. I got a few that didn't raise their hand, and that's fine. Lord, have mercy. I need some of the syrup you're putting on your pancakes. I don't know what's going on, but it's, it's important. It's important for us to not avoid each other when we're going through trouble. Because next time, it'll be you. And you think you don't need that person that seems to be negative all the, all the time. But I'm going to tell you something. People will be more negative about their situation than they will be about your situation. And so they may be just tearing the world apart about their situation, but they may be the very one that comes up to you and speaks faith into your life. And just you're sitting there going, what? What What in the world? You're the most negative? Yeah, but I'm positive about your situation. Amen. That's all right, right? For our company parts have no need, um, but God hath tempered the body. That what that means in the in the Greek there is that one part of the body counterbalances the other part of the body. Positive and negative, ACDC, opposites attract. Opposites, the red wire and the black wire complete a circuit. So we may not just answer it, Nana, and tell them I said hello. I won't tell you who it was, whose phone was ringing. Her initials are Nana. For the guests, that's my mother-in-law. She'll kill me after church. Counterbalancing. Are you listening? Counterbalancing. We counterbalance each other. Those negative people, if they, if they could just have one good season, they might be the biggest child of faith you've ever met because faith requires resistance for it to be strengthened. It's the trial of our faith. It's the trial of our faith. He said, God hath tempered, he counterbalanced the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked, that there should be no schism in the body. Now, this means, this means, yeah, if I could find it. Schism means to split or to tear. Division in mind or sentiment, cutting into fractions. We we don't need fractions, and we we need to help people with their fractures in their life. It's important. Everybody is going to feel like they have been cut down to size at times. You're going to feel less than you want to feel like. But that's why he said the strong members of the body, 
They have to make up the difference. They have to counterbalance for the weakness in the body. When I played baseball, our coach used to use that terminology. We're only as strong as our weakest link. I work so hard every practice. Not not to be the best all the time because sometimes I just was frustrated with it. But I was working not to be the weakest I didn't want to be the weakest link. I didn't want to be the one causing us to lose the game. I didn't want to be the one that should have caught the ball, that just that easy fly ball, and it just dropped right in front of me. I, I didn't want to let my, let my team down. Amen. We're all, we're all a team, and we are a body. And so we can't, we can't just cast aside people that are weaker because the team is going to lose because God only functions through a body that is in perfect unity that is connected together. Now he said, but the members should have the same care one for another. Same care. Now that's, that's hard to do. Anybody got that figured out yet? Are y'all, man, did y'all die? The same care. You got to have the same care for one another. And whether one member suffer, all members suffer with it, or one member be honored, all members rejoice with it. Now, I've said this, and I've heard others say it through the years, but the Bible says to rejoice with them that rejoice and weep with them that weep. It's real easy to weep with them that weep because that makes them pitiful, right? It makes them less than us. And we can lend a, you know, put an arm around a shoulder or something like that. But you let somebody get that new car that we were trying to get or that raise that we were trying to get and that house that we were, we've been waiting five years for a new house and they put their house on the market seven days ago and they got above asking what's wrong with us and we get frustrated with it but we rejoice and we honor those that are, be, that are rejoicing and those that are being honored. Amen. Now he, he makes this personal here. He said, now you are the body of Christ. You are the body of Christ. There is not another body. This is all about Christ. The the whole Bible is about Christ. You've heard me say this. The whole Bible. The whole Bible is about Christ. The Old Testament points to Christ. And the New Testament points backwards to Christ. The new covenant is the covenant that Christ made with the church. And we became his body. He said, now you're the body of Christ and members in particular. Members in particular. That means you are a part. And God has set some in the church. He has set some in the church. Praise God. Somebody's having a good time. Now, in Luke chapter 14, Luke chapter 14 I'm going to read down starting at verse 7. He put forth a parable to those which were bidden when he marked how they chose out the chief rooms, saying unto them. This This is an important passage of Scripture. And Jesus said, when thou art bidden of any man to a wedding, sit not down in the highest room, lest a more honorable man than thou be bidden of him. And he that bade thee 
and him come and say to thee, give this man place. In other words, get up and give him your seat. And thou begin with shame to take the lowest room. But when thou art bidden, go and sit down in the lowest room. That when he bade thee cometh, he may say unto thee, friend, go up higher. Then shalt thou have worship in the presence of them that sit at meat with thee. For whosoever exalted himself shall be abased. And he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Now, this, this is not a psychology book that I'm reading from. This is not a book of ideas. This is the inspired word of God. The way that God created the rules and the laws of the entire universe that we live in. He created the laws so that they are unchangeable. The laws of nature are unchangeable. It's, it's not going to come March or April and all of a sudden it turned from winter to fall. We're going from winter to spring. And somebody said hallelujah. It's not far away. All my southern friends out there should have run the aisles right there. Had been a bad winter. But, but it's not, it's, we're not going to get around December and then suddenly break into summertime. Now, we had, some, we had some warmer days and some mild days in December, whatever, but it was, still, it was still going right into wintertime. We were leaving fall, going into winter. You're not going to change the laws of nature. We're not going to get up at 8 o'clock in the morning and the sun come out for 30 minutes and then the moon, and then it's dark and the moon comes out. You're not going to change that. The laws of the universe. And the laws in, in the laws of universe are the principles and the rules and the guidelines that God gave for humanity to operate by. Now, that's what this book is all about. This book right here, somebody needs to hear me. This book right here is about the Lord saying, I've already made all the laws of the universe. I've already set in motion the way things are going to go. The evening and the morning were the first day. The evening and the morning were the second day. I've given, I've given the sun, the moon, and the stars to, to tell the days to, to, for times and seasons uh, to predict all of that. And I put these principles in nature that are in this book. And this book is to tell you how to be successful by living by the rules of nature which come from the nature of God. And one of those rules is if you promote yourself, first of all, nobody else will have a chance to. Second of all, eventually, you're coming to the bottom because pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Now, this is all about being a part of the body because the same message of humility is preached in the 12th chapter of the book of 1 Corinthians. And the message is, the eye cannot say to the ear, I have no need of thee. One person cannot say to the other, I am better than you, and you are not as good as I am. You're not as talented as I am. Your shoes aren't as nice as mine. Your car isn't as nice. You aren't as smart. You didn't go to a school like the school like I went to, and I'm a better spokesman. I'm a better singer. I'm a better teacher. I'm a better musician. I'm a better uh, whatever. It, every member of the body, now that is the, that is the hardest thing. That is the hardest thing. Thing 
to reconcile in the body of Christ. Now, I've talked about, I've talked about how we know this, right? We know this. Is that right? We know this. I'm sorry I'm not as entertaining. We, we know this, but putting it into practice is something that we have to work at, that we have to be intentional. Now, I'm going to tell some of y'all something. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell most of y'all something. There's, there's, there's folks in this building, you don't even know why you're breathing oxygen. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to be negative. I'm not being negative. I'm not being pessimistic. And I'm not being critical. I'm saying you're not educated enough about who you are. To even know why that you're breathing oxygen. You get frustrated because God is not elevating you in the body of Christ. But you have not taken the time to figure out why he's not elevating you. And so people get frustrated. And they try to elevate themselves. And it doesn't work out. So who do they get frustrated at? They get frustrated at the people that have the power to elevate them, but they won't. Now, there are reasons for this. So here's some questions that you need to ask yourself. As I've asked myself, is it, is it your attitude? Is it because you don't play by the rules? Is it because you don't play nice with people? Is it because you make too many enemies? Is it because you're causing division? Is it because you're unfaithful? Is it because you're never on time? Is it because you don't believe in people? Is it because you don't know how to be nice to anybody? Is it because you don't pray? I'm going to keep asking questions. Is it because you're carnal? Is, is it because you, you don't understand? Or is it because you don't understand truly who you are and where you fit in the body and you're trying to do something that God did not call you to do? God has set every member in the body. So you need to be asking yourselves on your face in prayer, what am I here for? Not, not, I'm not asking you what you want to do. I'm asking you what are you here for? Because God has the very hairs of your head numbered. And he looks at you and he says, I'm going to pluck them out of the miry clay and I'm going to put them here for this reason. Now, it's going to take them a while to figure out why I've got them there. But it's because of that gifting. It's because of that personality trait. It's because of that spiritual moment. It's because of, it's because of that fasting season. It's because of that broken will. It's because of that attitude. It's because of this. And I am setting them in the body. Wouldn't it be great if the Lord would just come down in flesh, in flesh, just like Jesus Christ was 2,000 years ago. And he'd say, all right, everybody line up. Now, I'm going to tell you what you're meant to do in the body of Christ. But he doesn't do that. He expects you to get on your face and ask him for wisdom because anybody that asks him for wisdom will give he will give it to them liberally and he will not abrade them he will not get frustrated with you he will not get on to you he is going to direct your life and when you find what you're supposed to do in the body of Christ God will begin to open doors for you that never could have been opened before because a man man's gift makes room for him and bringeth him before great men. Amen. You're part of the body. I don't know if you're an ear or an eye or a hand or a foot, the head or the feet. I don't, 
I don't know. I don't know if you're, you know, a leg bone's connected to the hip bone, the hip bone, you know, all that stuff. I don't know which one. I don't know which one. But this year, we're going to try to find out. We're going to work to find out. Because if the Lord will help us, and I believe he will, to get everybody situated in the right place. I see you, Justin. Amen. That's an insider. If we can get everybody in the right place, with the right attitude, doing the right thing, supporting the body of Christ in the way that God has called Katie bar the door, because there won't be anything that can stop us. Amen. Because everybody's going to come to church, not burn out, not frustrated, not begrudging what they have to do in the body of Christ. Because when you find what you love to do, you will never work another day in your life. I will say that in the kingdom of God. When you find what you love to do in the kingdom, you will look forward to coming to church. You will never want to miss church. You'll come in here with a pep in your step, with a smile on your face, and say, I'm here. I'm God's man. I'm God's woman, and I'm in my place. I'm talking about kingdom placement. Go clap your hands unto the Lord and give him praise. Come on, give him praise. Kingdom placement. Amen. Amen. Now I'm closing. Here's what I want you to do. While we're in this prayer chain and, and then beyond in your personal prayer time. Now, the prayer chain, we're, you know, we're praying for revival. We're praying for the, the blind to see. And I'm talking about the spiritually blind. We're praying for miracles and signs and wonders and strongholds to come down and all that. But in your conversation with God, just, just have a conversation with him. Now, Lord, it sounds like this. Now, Lord... You still got me on this earth for a reason. And, you, and you've, you've got me right here for a reason. I don't understand the people that come and go. I'm taking a commercial break here from the prayer. I don't understand the people that just, that church just don't mean anything to them. I go a little bit. Trying to get their conscience sued to get a little, you know, a few breadcrumbs to be fed by. No, I want, I want to be in this thing. I cracked Brother Shelton up all the time. He's on the way to Spain. And I was zoned out on the plane. I don't know how many hours we'd been flying. I was just zoned out. I was looking straight eye, straight ahead. I think my eyes were glassing over. And he looked at me and he said, Brother Nichols, you okay? I looked at him and said, I'm in it to win it. And for whatever reason, that stuck with him. And he reminds me of that all the time. Hey, I'm in it to win it. But I really am. I'm in it to win it. When I'm tired, I'm in it. When I'm exhausted, I'm still in it. I, I want to win. When I'm as tired as I, well, I can't go another step, I'm in it. Because I know what God called me to do. I know I'm in the right place. Hey, some of you ought to thank God that you just know that you're in the right place. Stop getting frustrated about what you don't have yet. Yeah. I may not be doing yet what I'm supposed to do, but I know I'm in the place I'm supposed to be doing it. Oh, hallelujah. Yes. Amen. I, I, I'm in this thing. I'm in this thing from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. I'd be in this thing if I wasn't pastoring a church. 
I want to be involved. We talked to some people this week and listened to their passion. Just talking about I I can't I can't sit the bench. I can't I can't just do nothing. I I gotta be involved. I gotta have, I gotta have my hands in stuff. I gotta be I gotta be doing stuff. I gotta be supporting. I gotta be contributing. I got man. I'll take I'll take five thousand people just like that. I'll take a hundred thousand people like that. I'll take fifty people like that. Amen. The Lord is good. You can stand. The Lord is so good to us to give us the opportunity to serve and to contribute and to make a difference in the greatest kingdom in this world and in the world to come. So set your roots down. Dial the murmuring and complaining back. Everybody's going through stuff. We're all going through stuff. Your stuff is different than mine. Your season's different than mine. But we all going through stuff and just dial it back and keep speaking faith and keep your chin up and say Lord you've set me in the body now let me know what I'm supposed to be doing so that you can use me for your kingdom and glory now be careful when you pray that prayer use me Lord because he will use you And you'll turn around at some point when you get burnt out and say, I just feel like I'm being used. <laughs> you are. That's what you asked for. He didn't say it was going to be pretty. Amen. I want to see God do things this year that just make us stand back and go, wow, look at, look at God go. Look at the Lord. I believe it's going to happen. Amen. Give the Lord one more hand of praise. Father, give us wisdom. Give us revelation. Open our eyes. Order our steps. Steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. God, order our steps. Would you say it right now? Put me in my place, Lord. Place me, Lord, in the right place in your kingdom. Let it be so. Come on, pray it right now. Let it be so. Let the perfect will of God. I don't know what you're preparing me for, Lord. But I just want you to help me to learn what I'm supposed to learn. And become what I'm supposed to become. And grow into what I'm supposed to be. So that you can use me for your glory. God, I want you to get all the glory. I don't need any accolades. I don't need a pat on the back. I don't need a trophy for it. I'm just thankful, Lord, that you brought me out of the miry clay and set my feet on a rock to stay. And this is where I'm going to be. This is where I'm going to be. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. If you're a guest here tonight, thank you so much.